those of you everydayers here at Locked On Aggies know that I'm a huge Connor Wigman believer. But let's make the case for the other quarterbacks. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in to Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you that have been listening to the show for a while know that I am pro Connor Wigman. I think he has a very, very bright future in front of him when it comes to quarterback in the Aggies, and I still think he has an NFL future in front of him after that. But every time I talk about Connor Wigman, you know, I always get a handful of comments saying, Andrew, listen, what are you know, what about Marcel Reed? What about Jalen Henderson? You know, what about those guys? I think you're a little, you're a little too all in on, on Connor Wigman. Okay, perhaps. So let's do it. Let's make the case for those two guys to win the job this year. Want to make it known that, like I said, I am still in belie- a believer that Connor Wigman will be the guy next year, but let's make the case for the other two guys. So let's start with Marcel Reed. What he did in the bowl game against Oklahoma State, uh, what it showed was grit. Grit and and just this, I am not afraid to go in here and make something happen. You know, Jalen Henderson, it's funny, heading into that ball game, I talked about, hey, this is Jalen Henderson's opportunity. This is his shot to say, Consider me for this job, you know. I'm going to go and put up a whole bunch of yards and play great against Oklahoma State and 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 Connor. Love you, buddy, but listen, I'm coming for that job. Like, you know, that that's that that was Jalen Henderson's opportunity. And I mean, and you just you do hate it for the young man gets hurt on the first play of the game, makes an incredible play to make a couple guys miss and, and get the ball to an open player for a gaff again at first yard a gain of first down yardage and then gets hurt i mean it uh, comes down kind of gets his legs taken out front of him comes down on his arm um has a fracture you know he, he he got that dealt with got that cleaned up he'll be out it won't affect him long term but you know it, it it's a it's a not a big deal but it's getting fixed but point is marcel reed hey dude true freshman buddy go get in there second play of the game figure it out here we go come on and he moved the offense. When Marcel Reed was forced into that game, I'm just going to be really honest. I kind of was quick to go, oh, we're in trouble. You know, we're we're in trouble. Marcel Reed's got a bright future ahead of him, no question. But is he ready to go here in this spot? You know, is he ready to go? He's been kind of the fourth string guy all year with Wiggs. And then, you know, he goes down, Max Johnson. Max Johnson goes down. Then you got Henderson. Henderson goes down. You're up. You know, your number's getting called. And he balled out. You know, my knock on on Marcel Reed 
And I mean, you know, we all saw the high school film. We all saw that. But what is is can he be an accurate passer in, in, in college? I knew what he'd do with his legs. We all did. We all knew what he'd do with his legs. But could he do it with his arm? And then he comes out and puts on a clinic through the air. So, you know, my thoughts on Marcel Reed, I think that, I mean, if I had to rank the quarterbacks based on my excitement, I'm still going Connor one. Like I said, I, I can't go away from my take on this, but I want to do make the other side of the argument. So I'm still going to go Connor one, but I do think Marcel right now, based on what he did in that game is just a hair for me. This is me, a hair ahead of Jalen Henderson for that number two spot. Um, I just think that I think that his legs are equal or the or better than Henderson's, and his arm is equal or better. And I think you could lean, you know what I mean, a little bit. Um, I mean, and once again, we're going to make the case for Henderson, and I'm going to talk about how great Henderson was. I mean, Henderson balled out during his time as a starter, but I just thought what Marcel Reed did in that bowl game was so encouraging for the future. Um, you know, I mean, here's the deal. The deal. Here's the deal. If Connor Wigman comes out this year, does win the job, and has an incredible season, incredible season, he's a guy who's top 10 in Heisman voting, he can go pro. You know, he can. This could be his last year here if he puts together a monster year like I, I kind of think he's going to. This could be his last year to where, hey, one of those two quarterbacks, you're up next, you know? So, but I, I think Marcel Reed is, is the number two guy for me. I, I just think that, you know, he proved this. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid to go in and make some, some magic happen. He proved that against Oklahoma State, and he looked great doing it. Arm talent, ability to use his legs. He was, now he, there were a few passes where you went, oh, oh, what? What's going on here? What are we doing here? And there are some passes where you're like, oh my goodness, he looked incredible. So that's my case for Marcel Rita. I, I just think I think that you know his I, his legs are better than Connor's. I think now Connor's an athletic quarterback. I think you know people don't forget Connor can move a little bit, but he can't move like Marcel can. Now, arm talent, I'm giving the edge. I'm giving the edge right now to Connor. But I think it is much more of a narrow gap than I thought, you know, of course, before having seen uh, Marcel play. So that's where I'm at with Marcel. When it comes to Jalen Henderson, you know, Jalen Henderson is, is a really good quarterback. And I think he shows a lot of those same, the grittiness. I mean, I talked about it. When he came over from Fresno State, I, I didn't know what we had in this guy. There wasn't much tape. He hadn't played a lot. I looked at, you know, and I'm like, who? Okay, here's a quarterback. And, and you know, when he first came over, Jimbo was like, yeah, he's he's a future piece. He's not really in, in the cards for this year. So we're like, what is is this guy any good? What's the deal with this guy? We, had, we didn't know anything. I mean, we knew nothing about Jalen Henderson. Even when he came in, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to find out. And he was incredible. Same thing as Marcel. I mean, he he made some incredible throws, and he looked really good running the football. I just think that those two details, arm talent and arm talent and ability to run the football, 
I'm giving a slight, slight edge there to Marcel Reed. And, and once again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to have this conversation because, like I said, I know I've, 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 I see the comments, which I appreciate. Y'all are saying, Andrew, come on, man. You're, you're all in on Connor Wigman. Let's, let's, let's talk about these other guys a little bit. So let me know in the comments how we feel about this. I've got a lot. I have, you know, I'd say it's about 50 50. All the people, Andrew, I'm with you. Wigman's the guy. In Wigman, we trust, you know. And then I, I, there's people saying, come on, there's going to be, there's going to be competition. Let's, let's see how this plays out. So let me know in the comments, ladies and gentlemen, how we feel about this race i mean this is going to be a topic listen there's going to be a competition this is not this is new staff this is new office coordinator this is not going to be okay connor it's your job you know it's your job it's all you go for it there's going to be a competition for this starting job so do marcel reed and jalen henderson give connor Wigman more of a uh you know a, a run for his money than i'm expecting ah I think you could see this get a little interesting. So I, I and I do feel that way. But with, with Henderson, I just think, like I said, I think he is a great thrower of the football. I think he's an accurate passer. I think he did a lot well, a lot more well than he did wrong during his handful of games starting for the Aggies. And he looked good running the football. He was incredible at escaping the pocket, finding a receiver, escaping the pocket using his legs. He just did so much well. Um, and listen, Texas Stadium is going to be a spot. Let's say Wigman does win the job, okay? If Reed gets put in the football game, if Henderson gets put in the football game, I'm not going to be upset. I, and we talked about that last year. If Wigman goes down, Max Johnson's a heck of a backup quarterback, one of the best in the SEC. It is a really nice thing to have. And what happened, Wigman went down and Max Johnson plays some good football. You're going to have that again this year with those two quarterbacks, assuming Wigman is the guy. Or, hey, if it is Marsori, if it is Henderson, you're going to have that, and Connor Wigman is a backup. I think Wigman starts at te for Texas A&M next season, but I think this battle is going to be closer than I was giving, giving it credit for a couple weeks ago, and I think that these two guys are really going to give Wigman a run for his money for this starting job. So please let me know y'all's thoughts on that in the YouTube comments. I'm really curious to hear people's thoughts. How do we feel about the flip side of this argument? Are y'all riding with Connor Wigman? Do you think these other two guys are going to be in this race? Let me know in the YouTube comments. I am very curious to hear y'all's thoughts. We're going to talk a little bit about what we're going to learn early into the Mike Elko tenure that I think is going to be somewhat telling for the future. And we'll talk about what that is coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. First, I got to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or die every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need to the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to you. S customers. I also want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn jobs. 
At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I could make that'll make, take my small business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I love LinkedIn. I talk about it all the time, how it's a tool. I've used to hire. Um, I've had friends get jobs with LinkedIn. I love the, how simple and easily it connects employers with employees and employees with an with open spot at a company. LinkedIn Jobs is the best place to post your job or to go find a job. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think what we've talked about being the difference between a Mike Elko team and a Jimbo Fisher team is, is, is one thing. You know, listen, we're going to sit here and we're going to knock Jimbo, you know, and, and we are. I mean, he did not he, – he, 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 he wasn't great. He got paid a lot of money. He's getting paid a lot of money to not be here. But, you know, um, I mean, wish the guy the best of luck. But what I'll tell you about the Mike Elko, I think he's building a culture. And this is what we're going to learn, ladies and gentlemen. It's plain and simple. We're going to learn this really quick. We're going to learn about player development. Now, you're going to say, you know, Andrew, we don't have to learn all that stuff. I mean, we don't have to – not everything has to be decided this year. And you're right. If listen, if there are some players that we want to see develop this offseason and maybe they don't quite take a step like we thought, the world isn't going to end. You know, we're not going to go, oh, get rid of Mike Elko. He's awful. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, you know, coaching is all is two things. It's development and it is being able to look at a player and, and scouting, scouting and development. That that's the word that I want to use. So I think that. You know, when you look at this, when you look at the type of player that, or the type of coach that Mike Elko is, I think that you're going to quickly learn about the development that he has. You know, and a, and a lot of it's going to be via the portal. You know, during this portal period, we're going to learn a lot about were these guys swings and misses? Now, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not every portal edition is going to be a home run. You know, you're going to go get some guys that are going to be great, and then you're going to get some guys that you're going to go, well, okay, that guy didn't really do anything. You know, it, it, it's, it's all going to happen for Coach Elko and this staff. Not every player you're going to recruit is going to be a home run. But while not every player is going to be a home run, you also want to be able to look back. You know, this is let me explain this this way. You're going to look back, and if you look back at last year's portal class, you're going to go, "Man, that wasn't that wasn't all that great in in reference to last year." Um, you know, as in last season. The goal is, you know, except for players. There, I mean, obviously, there were a few. Players. Jalen Henderson was great. I'm not saying everybody. Johnny Walker's, great, but I'm saying. You know, some of these players we thought were going to be great, like in the secondary, weren't as good as we kind of thought. 
So what I'm getting at here is this. I want to be able to look back on this transfer portal class and go, man, Coach Elko hit that out of the ballpark. That guy, we thought he was going to be good. He was good. I'm tired of, you know, man, Josh DeBerry, he wasn't great. Tony Grimes, we never saw him on the field. Like, I'm tired of that. I don't want to look back on all these players that we're excited about heading into next season and go, man, that was a swing and a miss. He wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be. What happened to that guy? I don't want to look back on this year's transfer portal class and have to say that to myself. So now, you know, you got like what, 23, 24 guys in the portal class right now. Not every single one of those guys is going to be a home run. That's what I'm getting at here. But if 60% of them were, were great players and lived up to it, I'd be very excited. And you're going to learn about development. So that's kind of the scouting. I don't as much count the scouting for the recruiting class, except for the guys that Coach Elko went and got late in the class. You know, the, he went and got about two or three guys um, flips late in the class. Those guys, you know, Coach Elko went out and said, I want, I need that guy. I want that guy. Now, how long do you have to recruit those guys? You know, so what I'm saying is scouting-wise, when it comes to this recruiting class, I'm not going to be as hung up as I would be for, you know, um, the year after that's class. But so I think that what we're going to learn from this recruiting class is the development factor. Can he bring those guys in and, and develop these guys, make these guys better to take a step immediately after walking on campus? And then when it comes to just the, the, the portal, that's where you can learn about, you know, because all the coaches have the same amount of time in the portal. You watch tape, you watch film. Okay, we need this guy. We need this guy. Now, with a player like Nick Scorton, it's not hard to watch the tape and go, oh, that guy's pretty good. We should go get him. But then like a, a Donovan Saunders, you know, the uh, a smaller school player, those are the type of evaluations that matter. Like if you go get a player like that, now he's a highly ranked guy out of the portal. A lot of people want him. But, that you know, that's where it comes to scouting. Is this guy going to be good in the SEC? Coaches need to be able to look at tape and scout and figure that out. So we're going to learn a little bit about – about Mike Elko and his ability to develop, his ability to scout thanks to this portal class. And then I think thanks to next year's recruiting class. Is this all the end of the world? No, I'm not saying that every player that's committed in the portal right now to Texas A&M is going to be a star. That's just not reality. That's just not what's going to happen. But if enough of them are good that, that you look back on this portal class and you go, man, there was a ton of talent in this class. This was an incredible, really good recruiting class that led to a lot of sacks and receiving yards and touchdowns and, and rushing yards and um, interceptions. You know, that is what I want to see. So I'm not saying that we're going to leave this season upset at Coach Elko if we don't feel great. But what I am saying is I'll feel really good about his ability to develop if a lot of these players in the transfer portal end up panning out and end up being good football players like we expect them to be. And then, you know, and then in next year's recruiting class, I think that's when you're going to see his scouting. Um, so we're going to learn a lot about his ability to scout and develop early on into Coach Elko's Texas A&M tenure. And if it doesn't go exactly how we kind of hoped, it's not the end of the world. It's not something to be, you know, upset about, as I feel pretty confident that, Coach Elko is going to be just fine when it comes to developing talent. 
It sounds like Texas A&M might be getting a secondary player back that it looked like was going to find a new home. We'll talk about who that is and what that means and a few more things before we call it a day coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But I got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same-game parlays. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. The FanDuel app is easy to use. It's fun to use. There is no better way to wager on sporting events than FanDuel. I use FanDuel. It's a ton of fun, ladies and gentlemen. It enhances the game. It enhances the NFL playoffs. Just a ton of fun. you got to go check it out. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. So, this is not confirmed. Confirmed yet. I want to add that caveat. I could, you know, I'm putting this episode up the second I finish recording. We could find out 20 minutes later that this was just a rumor. It's not true. But there are some rumors that Tariq Chappelle might be coming back for another season at Texas A&M. His, his dad said some things. I had um, some folks comment that yesterday. I hadn't heard about it, really. Um, so, this is not confirmed yet. But if that is true, and like I said, this could ha- come out five minutes later that this isn't true. And if that happens, I'll let you all know in the comments. I'll keep you all up to date as, as, as I am. But uh, Tariq Chappelle, it sounds like he might stay at Texas A&M. And I'll tell you, it's interesting. What his role looks like, it's going to be interesting. With all of the additions that you've made via the portal, there's a, I mean, I, I'll tell you, does he walk right back into a starting role? It'll be interesting. It will be interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Now, he is a player, of course, who you could argue heading into the season was Texas A&M's, you know, the, the player in the secondary we were, you know, most excited about with up there with Bryce Anderson. And, um, you know, Tariq Chappelle was supposed to have a good year. I, I don't I don't think that all of the secondary issues were his fault. Well, they weren't. I mean, you know, we know that I think Josh DeBerry, not trying to knock him, but was, was, you know, the guy getting burned more times than not. But, you know, Tariq Chappelle had his fair share of mistakes, but he also did a lot well. So I look at this and I go, if he comes back, all you're getting is one more player that has proven he can play in the SEC, has proven he can play um, into at Texas a m I think that it, of course, never hurts. I talk about all the time. Sometimes the most, sometimes the most significant additions to your roster are the players you thought you were going to lose that decided to come back. That uh, that happened with uh, Chase Basantis. Perhaps you could see that happen with Tariq Chappelle. Um, and when this get if this gets confirmed today, I'll let y'all know in the YouTube comments, or, or if we find out it ain't happening, I'll, I'll like I'll the same thing. I'll let you on YouTube comments. But um, I think to me. You know, does he start? Does he play a massive role? I don't know. I mean, listen, you've brought in a ton of corners. You got uh, some guys coming in in the recruiting class. You got um, you got players coming in in Saunders and in Will the Blanket Lee. 
Um, and then Ricks, who we just talked about from Bama. I mean, you got a lot of players coming in in the secondary. So, you know, it ain't it ain't going to be like last year. Tariq Chappelle, you know, if he does end up winning the job, he won the job over some talented players. I'm excited to see, you know, a little bit of development from the new secondary coach and Coach Elko being back. I, I think that you can see Tariq Chappelle take a step forward, but having him back would be very significant for this Texas A&M football team. I'm excited to see what this secondary looks like if this news does end up being true. I mean, we know who who Tariq Chappelle is as a player, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm really excited to see what this looks like. And I want to have one more so that um, that's exciting and I'll keep updated on that in the YouTube comments, but I want to have a quick conversation and it's going to lead to a lo- a more significant conversation in the future, but I wanted to have a, just a one minute uh, talk about it because I want to hear y'all's thoughts in the YouTube comments about this, but you know, I, I kind of had a thought and it's like, do, do, and then we'll learn about it a little bit this year, but do we trust, because we just got done talking about talent evaluation, scouting, development, all that, when it comes to Coach Elko and how important that is, and we'll learn about that this season. But would we be okay taking a bit of a drop-off in high school recruiting? And when I say that, I mean, you know, sometimes coaches look at a five-star and then look at, you know, they'll look at the number 47 player in the class and then look at the number 122 player in the class and go, I like the kid ranked 122nd better than the kid ranked 47th or whatever. I think that scouting the ability to look at that talent and go, I like this guy better than this guy. That's a real thing. It is a real thing. Um, you know, and it does, I'm not saying, Oh darn you, Jimbo, you just took the best players. I'm, I'm not saying that obviously, that is great, but at the end of the day, you know, we've learned at Texas A&M that stars are not everything. Stars are not everything. So could Mike Elko kind of take a different, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to go after top 10 recruits, but I'm saying if if we see that Coach Elko is after a top 30 player, the to- a top 30 um player in the class at running back and in the number 132 player in the class at running back. And, you know, both of them are, are there for a visit and, and you get the um, player 132 to commit over the, the top 30 player. If coach Elko saw something, I trust him. I trust his, 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 you know, so far, you know, so far, so far, so good, but I trust his ability. I mean, cause you know, we've, we've had him a text in before. I trust his ability to develop and to scout. So, you know, would we be okay with that? Would we be okay with trusting Coach Elko to make the right calls on the recruiting trail rather than t- just taking the highly ranked five-star guys? I think I'd be okay with that. I mean, we've learned over these last few years that stars aren't everything. It's about the fight and the dog, not the dog in the fight. You know what I mean? You don't need I, you don't need these five-star top-ranked guys. Sometimes when a, when you can get a player, a, a high, a, a four-star, a three-star, that's going to end up being better. So. I trust in Coach Elko to develop and to scout and to recruit the best players to fit his system and his culture. So let me know y'all's thoughts on that, and we'll have a, a, a more significant conversation on that down the road. But I wanted to just have a quick one-minute talk about that and get y'all's thoughts. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Aggies. Thank you so much to you everydayers. Thanks for being here, listening. Uh, I've had just a lot of great people commenting nice things in the comments, you know, um, giving me some attaboys and, and I, I just wanted to let y'all know that like, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate y'all being here 
it 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 means everything to me that y'all are here listening to this show every single day, listening to me talk about Texas A&M. So thanks. I really appreciate y'all here in the comments every day, talking, listening. Thank y'all so very much. I hope everybody has a great rest of your Thursday, and we will see you on Friday.